I've entitled the message today, Faith and Perspective. Faith and Perspective. They're the keys to Thanksgiving. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, uh, we're human. And right now we can have a lot going on. We can get distracted. We could be doing well or not doing well in life or relationships or finances. And yet we've got these moments now to push aside by your grace, all the issues of life and focus on you and focus on your truth and focus on your word, your word, when it gets down into our heart and our, into our mind and into our soul is uh, able to transform us into the people that you want us to be. Lord, don't let us go our own way. Left to ourselves, Lord, we'll self-destruct, we'll take detours, we'll find ourselves in situations that uh, we won't like. And so we need the Word of God uh, to come and fill our heart and fill our mind. So today I pray that you would use me, your Word would go forth and accomplish that which you have intended. And it will be a powerful morning as we learn and grow as Christians and as the body of Christ. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, like Nick said, happy Thanksgiving. I can't believe we're already at Thanksgiving. It just uh, days and weeks and months are just flying by so quickly. But happy Thanksgiving. Is Thanksgiving always happy? Think about it for a moment. I've been in this work a long time, and I know for many this season can be very difficult and can be very painful and can be very challenging for lots of reasons, and I won't go into all of those, but I'd just like to say to you, if this is a difficult time in life and you're heading into Thanksgiving and it's a little bit uh, dark or depressing, I just want to say to you that God loves you, we love you, I'm sorry about that, and, and my prayers and our prayers are with you, because uh, Thanksgiving isn't always happy like everybody can say. Is it easy to be thankful? Think about it for a moment. Is it easy always to be thankful? You know, all of us have an earthly journey and there's chapters and seasons that are really good and there's chapters and seasons that are overwhelming and traumatic and challenging and difficult. And so it's not always easy to be thankful. It seems that for many of us, Thanksgiving is based on what? Our conditions and our situations. The trouble with this is that conditions and situations change. How many of you know we all have some times where we're up and we're down? Where it's a good time or it's not a good time. So if our Thanksgiving is based only on conditions and situations, we're really cutting ourselves short. So to grow and mature in regular giving of thanks, we need to find a more productive way than simply these conditions and these situations. I think there's a better way to approach Thanksgiving that can create more balance and stability. Now, you probably know this, but it's a reminder. It's not anything earth-shattering today. But I think there's a better way that we can approach this coming week and Thanksgiving on Thursday than just the conditions that we find ourselves in. Two main keys involved in the greater life of thanksgiving, I really believe, are these two words. Faith and perspective. Faith and perspective. If there's anything that we need, I think, approaching thanksgiving, we need greater faith. 
And we need greater perspective. Maturing in our thanksgiving requires we transition from the natural to the supernatural realm. We've got to transition. It's not always easy. And so I hope and my prayer for you is that this year we can approach Thanksgiving in maybe a more spiritual, supernatural way than ever before. I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. We just try to celebrate Thanksgiving with a, a biblical or a spiritual point of view. But I still many times approach Thanksgiving from a very natural view. And this week, this week and this year, I want, I want to grow in my faith. I want to grow in my perspective. So I approach and look at Thanksgiving from a more spiritual and supernatural way. Today, if you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And I want to use this as a foundational verse to kind of get us thinking about faith and perspective and what we are going to approach here real soon. And again, I'm going to try to run through this pretty quick so we have time for some testimony. But the Apostle Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says something that we could probably camp out on for a significant time because usually we just roll over it. We read it and roll on. But in verse 18, it says, In everything, that's important, give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So you say, well, I don't even know what God's will is. And there's the, the big ideas of God's will, but there's the smaller ones. But here's God's will for you, that in everything you'll give thanks. Now, realize it doesn't say about everything. It says in everything, give thanks. And you know what? We talk about Thanksgiving usually two or three weeks of the year, right around uh, the third week of November. And we really need it to become a reality and a lifestyle day in and day out, not just during a holiday. But in everything, give thanks. Hey, since I want to talk about faith and perspective, first of all, I turn you, have you turn over to uh, Hebrews. I want to talk about faith just real briefly. So what is faith? I'm going to let the Bible define faith, not uh, Webster's Dictionary or, or Jeff's uh, uh, view of it. But if, if we're really going to give thanks in everything, and we're really going to transition from a natural view of thanksgiving to a, a supernatural view, and we're not going to allow just our conditions and situations in life determine our thanksgiving, then we're going to need to have faith. Greater faith, growing faith, biblical faith. And in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says uh, this. Now, faith is the substance, or I like in other translations, I mean assurance. So faith is the substance or the assurance of things that we hope for. And it's also the evidence of things not seen. Faith is about assurance and evidence. That's why faith is so important in the giving of thanks. And faith really is the key to living an abundant and successful life. We all need faith, growing faith. And that's not just salvation faith. I'm a Christian. Yes, great. That's wonderful. But this faith has to be growing and maturing and developing in you and through you all the time. And then perspective. It's an ability to see. A way of regarding situations. The proper, accurate point of view. If you go over to 2 Corinthians real quick. 
chapter 4, I think it describes perspective really, really well. One of my favorite verses in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, talking about perspective. See if if this uh, biblical definition or, or scripture highlights it for you. 2 Corinthians 4.17 For our light afflictions, I always say that they don't always feel light when I'm in the middle of them. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, when I'm in it, it doesn't feel like a moment. It feels like I'm going to be caught in it and stuck in it in a lifetime. But our light affliction, which is but for a moment, listen, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Listen, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporal, but the things that which are not seen are eternal. I think that's a great definition of perspective. So what I want to do real quick is I want to give you what I call seven hindrances or obstacles to growing faith and growing perspective. Because if we don't know what the hindrances are, if we don't know what the obstacles are, if we don't know what the roadblocks are, we usually get tripped up by them. Did you know that? You need to be able to forecast some of the things that are going to come against you, that are going to try to limit you, to try to knock you off course so that you don't grow in your faith, that you don't grow in your perspective, so you can't really flourish and grow in your thanksgiving. So I want to hit seven real briefly. Number one, thoughts of it's not fair. Have you ever encountered a situation or a circumstance in life, and one of the early thoughts are, that's not fair. It's just not fair. I'm sure you have. You're human. Every one of us at times have thought that. And guess what? Life isn't fair. And as I'm getting older, I realize I still don't like this. I still wrestle with this. Many of you know I'm a pretty strong-willed person. Don't say amen and don't listen to what my wife had to tell you this morning. I'm a stubborn man. And I think life should be fair. But it's not. And it won't be. So the, the, the sooner I just accept it, the better off I'm going to be. But when you buy into life is not fair, it will hinder your ability to grow in your faith and grow in your perspective and grow in your thanksgiving. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not talking about that occasional thought that says life is not fair. We'll all have that. It's when you begin to view life, your life, from that perspective is that I always get the short end of the deal and life is not fair. I had an individual that I know and I was talking with this week and they were getting ready to get off work and they had to uh, go do an errand for somebody else that they hadn't expected and they really didn't want to do that. And so they did that and uh, they ended up hitting a deer and killing the deer, which upset them. And then they had to wait and the police came and it damaged the car a little bit. And the comment that was made was, 
That it always happens to me. If I wouldn't have had to go do this extra errand and go that direction, then I wouldn't have had to uh, face the deer and wouldn't have had all that problem. You know what I basically heard them saying? Is it wasn't just life isn't fair once in a while. They've got caught in the situation is my life never turns out the way that I expect or I want. Life is not fair. That's where it's dangerous, my friend. Not with the occasional thought. It's when you begin to view life that life's not fair. It's a hindrance. It's an obstacle to your growing faith, your growing perspective, and your growing thanksgiving. Number two, comparisons. Have you ever compared your life or your situation or your circumstances with someone else? Come on, sure you have. You're human. We all do that. We all have a tendency to compare. Have you ever noticed who you compare yourself to? It's the people who have more or have better or life seems to be going easier for them. How many of you, when you compare, you look to the person that has less than you or it's not going as well or, or they don't have as much? That's not as normal. We need to be very careful of comparisons because guess what? Our world will always be filled with somebody who has more than you. Who at that moment looks like they have a better life. It just seems like God's favor is on them more than you. Or they've been able to avoid some of the challenges in relationships or health or finances. But the reality is, is when we find ourselves comparing, it robs us of growing faith, growing perspective, and growing thanksgiving. The third thing is we focus on an offense or an offender. Has anyone ever hurt you, offended you, disappointed you, disrespected you, undercut you, betrayed you, rejected you, let you down? Sure. Part of the human journey. And it's easy to let that person or those circumstances dominate our thoughts and our focus. And it's incredibly hard to grow in faith and grow in perspective and grow in our thanksgiving when we're concentrating on that offender or that offense. And yet we all fall prey to that. We've got to realize these are enemies of our faith. These are enemies of our perspective. These are enemies of our thanksgiving. Life's not fair. We compare. We focus on the offense or the offender. Number four, we must determine why things happen. The age-old why questions. See, life, everything in life must have a why, right? It must. My driven personality, again, don't say amen, really trips me up with this. I have to know why. Why did that happen? Why did that circumstance challenge? Why didn't God answer that prayer? Why didn't God protect? Why? I am doggedy, strong-willed, driven. I have to know why. I can't go on and tell why. Did you know that there's going to be a number of why questions in your life and in my life will never be answered until we step over into eternity and we meet God? 
A while, a while back, God said to me, are you going to stay stuck because I haven't given you the why question? And I said, yes. <laughs> that was a joke. It was really honest, though, too. And basically, he was saying, okay, if you want to stay stuck, you can stay stuck. If you want to be strong-willed, if you want to be arrogant, if you want to be God, and you want it your way, and for whatever reason, in the sovereignty of God, He's not given it to me yet, or He may not give it to me, I can determine to stay stuck, because I don't have the why question. What good does that do? It limits my ability to grow in my faith. It limits me to grow in my perspective. It limits me from being more of a man who constantly gives thanks because I don't know why. God hasn't filled in the blank. But again, some of those won't be answered until I step over into eternity and I meet Him. And then when I ask Him why, I think He'll tell me. But right now, for whatever reason, He wants me to grow in faith. He wants me to grow in a different perspective. He wants to be, me to be thankful even though I don't know why. These are enemies, my friend, to growing in our faith and our perspective and our thanksgiving. Five, paralyzed by negative emotions. Anger. Bitterness. Resentment. Unforgiveness. Self-pity. And the list could go on and on and on. Negative, negative emotions are always going to be enemies that are going to fight against us. Would you agree with me? Nobody's going to be totally void of the battle of negative emotions. But what's concerning in my life at times and in ministering to so many people at times, we become prisoners of war. What I mean by that is that negative emotions have captured us. They've paralyzed us. We can't seem to get over that anger that we have at God or at others or at ourselves. It seems like unforgiveness, though we try to forgive, it just seems that we can't seem to make progress and get free. It just seems like, uh, you know, the, the bitterness, that poison, that cancer, because we can't believe that they did that or said that or uh, treated me that way. Have you ever up, laid up, wait, laid away at night when maybe you couldn't get to sleep or you woke up and all you could do was fight those feelings and those thoughts of that person and what they had done or what they had not done or what they had said? Did you know we live in a culture that is dominated by insomnia? They call it almost an epidemic today. You know how they call it an epidemic? is because people either reveal it or because they understand how many pharmaceuticals are being uh, prescribed for people to sleep. They can't get to sleep or they get to sleep and they wake up and life and issues. And guess what? I'm not pointing my finger at anybody. I told you I'm going to be as unauthentic. I've struggled with that. I've got children. <laughs> now, they're out of the teenage years, but they're never out of the woods. Huh? They're out of the teenage years, but they're never out of the woods. Or I've had things happen to me. I've had people that uh, have gotten underneath my skin or have done things. 
But my friends, these things, these negative emotions, if you're not careful, they're hindrances, they're obstacles, they're roadblocks. They'll keep you from maturing in your faith. They'll keep you from growing in your perspective. They'll keep you from being a man or woman of supernatural thanksgiving. Six, worldly or short-term perspectives. The here and now. How many of you know it seems so natural to be short-sighted? It's so easy to be focused on what? Here and now. This life. The earthly journey. It takes courage and discipline to keep eternity in mind and in focus. Listen to me. I know you know this, but listen to me. Get it from your head to your heart. This is not all there is. When you come to your earthly journey, there is a new world. There is a different existence. Marjorie is no longer with us. Friday night we lost her to this journey. But she's in eternity now. And you know what? If you get focused on only the here and now, consumed in the here and now, it will limit your ability to grow in real faith. It will limit your ability to have an eternal perspective. And it will rob you of an ability to be a man or a woman of thanksgiving because this world and this journey can be really tough and really traumatic and really heartbreaking and really frustrating. But we need to keep eternity in mind. That will help us grow in faith, perspective, and thanksgiving. And the last one is human pride. It's a hindrance and an obstacle. The carnal nature, the flesh, as the Bible calls it. Let's face it, we all will battle and fight against our carnal nature, our flesh. Guess what? It's prideful. It's selfish. It's demanding. It's ugly. You know, I can dress up if I can on Sunday morning and get whatever few hairs on my head set in place. I can do whatever I can do on the external to look okay. But my carnal nature and my flesh is sinful. It's selfish. It's demanding. And it's ugly. And when I let it rule, when I feed it, when I let it expand and grow, it will limit my ability to grow in faith. It will limit my perspective. And it will cause me to be a man that's not full of thanksgiving. So, I wanted to share real briefly as we uh, talked about faith and perspective leading to thanksgiving. I wanted to hit the hindrances first. I don't know why. Uh, next week I'm going to talk about positive action steps. So I put the negative in front of the positive. But I, I, wa- I, I find that so oftentimes these seven things that I've listed, and I hope you don't go here and, and forget about it. Take it home and think about it. Take out the bulletin and look at those seven things and do some evaluation. And what I like to do, even in my own work, I'll take seven things and I'll go, okay, what are the things that I'm struggling with the mo- most? You know, and I'll either put a one there, say that's the one I need to focus on, or seven, so that I can evaluate. People leave church and they, they leave it in the bulletin, they throw it in the trash, and then I'll go back next Sunday. 
It's not what we know, it's what we apply that makes the difference. I didn't come here so that you can be transformed by my message. I came here to share the word so that you can take it, you can think about it. The Holy Spirit's been enlightening something to you today. I'm sure there's a phrase or a thought or a point that made you think. And then you take that and you take your bulletin and you take it into a quiet time and you take it into prayer and you fall on your knees and you say, God, these are the things that I'm struggling with. These are the top two or three hindrances I'm having problems with that are robbing me of faith and perspective and thanksgiving. And God, by your mercy, and God, by your Holy Spirit, will you begin to mold me and change me and help me? That's what I think it's about. So next week we'll talk about positive steps, but I wanted to uh, outline for you seven hindrances that uh, I hope you can look at so that when we approach Thanksgiving in a couple of days, you can uh, move beyond conditions and situations that might be um, less than positive right now. You can move out of the natural into the supernatural. So this Thanksgiving, no matter what's going on in your life, it may be one of the best ever. I know I don't want to just cheerlead because I know a lot of people have got a lot of really hard things that they're facing in life right now. Again, finances, relationship, health, shattered dreams, wayward kids. Gosh, there's so much going on. But if we'll move out of the natural into the supernatural, we could have a great Thanksgiving. Amen. So let's stand and let's uh, sing our final song. Let's grow in faith. Let's grow in perspective so that we can be men and women of great thanksgiving. I think it's fair to say sometimes that some of the songs we sing are uh, hard to sing. Um, especially this one. And I'll admit that myself. And I'm a worship leader. One of the ways I, I kind of get in perspective, especially when I sing this song, is to just think about everything that God has done for me and, and how thankful I am. And when I do that, it's really easy, I think, to be overwhelmed by everything that He's done for us. I see the works of your hands Galaxies spinning the heavenly tents Oh God, and all that you are Is so overwhelming And I hear the sounds of your voice All in once it's the gentle And thundering noise Oh God all that you are is so overwhelming. I delight myself in you, captivated by your beauty. And I'm overwhelmed, and I'm overwhelmed by you. God, I
Have a great week and a great day. Man, happy Thanksgiving. God bless you.